Generation pastor here and uh, Sith Lord in training. Oh my God! <laughs> um, I'm not a Sith Lord. I am a Jedi Master. Hey. Only getting stronger. Uh, but my name is Wes, and I'm the operations slash creative slash probably a few other things director here at Freedom Church. The minister of the miscellaneous. I love it. My name is Daniel. I'm the worship director here. I'm Kirsten. I'm training to be in the Demon Slayer Corps. I'm also the event and media coordinator here. I mean, we're at the church, so I guess the Demon Slayer thing just kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. Recently, I remembered how much of a Lord of the Rings fanatic I was, and I was feeling really left out of some of the nerd conversation. Hmm. Um, but I just can't afford a sword, you know, like, okay. like an actual... True story. I bought a sword. So. True story. Kirsten actually bought a sword. <laughs> she did, but I used to have Legolas' swords. Oh, no. His, his twin, crazy. his short swords that he has. Okay, Legolas? Also, okay, listen. I'm going to be honest. I'm going that I watched Lord of the Rings was because Orlando Bloom was in it. Oh, that God. is... <laughs> I read the books afterward. I read them after, and I and but I and I love them. I actually like the books more. But we should get into Romans because <laughs> this is the book we're talking about today. Yeah, the good news about Jesus. Who? What are you guys reading out of today? Amplified again. Awesome. Going with the uh, CSB. Toilet paper trans. I mean the the Passion <laughs> translation. Uh, I went back to uh, to Good and Faithful with the NLT, um, which is the version used to be the version Pastor T preached out of um, exclusively, but lately he's been using all sorts, which is really fun uh, to dive into. But um, good old NLT. He's good. growing as a human. I like that. No, it's not. <laughs> the Book of Romans. Did it? Yeah. That was probably good. So we made it through what uh, five, five and a half, six verses, depending yeah. on on the kind of translation we were reading. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're moving at the speed of smell, folks. We're, we're getting there as quick as we can. So let's start with verse 5 to give context um, and maybe read through till the next like title heading is. Until verse 17? Uh, oh, my <laughs> next title heading is at verse 8. Mine's at 8. Mine's at 8. Mine's at 8. Oh, okay. So we're reading for the next two to discount Okay, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that we discussed this before I just like read it until <laughs> verse 17. So I'll read it. Read verse 8 or read just 5, 6, 7, 8? Okay, 5, 6, 7, 8. All right. I'm sorry, no. 5, five six, 6, 7, 8? 5, 6, 7, 8. 5, 6, 7, 8. Let's okay, go great. for it. I'm going to start in the Amplified Bible. It is through him that we have received grace and our apostleship to promote obedience to the faith and make disciples for his name's sake among all the Gentiles. And you also are among those who are called of Jesus Christ to belong to him. I'm writing to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called to be saints, God's people, and set apart for a sanctified life, that is, set apart for God and His purpose. Mm -hmm. Grace to you and peace, which is in a common spiritual well-being, from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith, your trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness is being proclaimed in all of the world. Woo! Nice. <laughs> So because my translation is a little bit different, what, did you read through verse 8? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Yes. I was just double checking, making sure. So uh, I've got the NLT, which says, um, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. 
and you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. Okay, I guess going from the CSV, uh, starting with verse 5, Through him, the capital H, him, we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among, among all the Gentiles, including you who are called by Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, loved by God, called as saints, grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all, you, uh, for all of you because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. Nice. Okay, so I'll be reading from the Passion Translation uh, at verse 5. And I like this because we one of the things we talked about last week is how like verses 1 through 5 is kind of the two in the letter. Like to so-and-so oh, yeah, yeah. from so-and-so. I'm sorry, it's the front, rather. Mm -hmm. So the first five verses is kind of Paul's from. Here's who it's from. Look past me and see Jesus mm -hmm. is essentially what he's saying. Yeah. And then he gets to the two. Mm -hmm. And there's so much honor, yeah. but it's, it's way more concise. Yeah. Right? He doesn't spend a whole lot of words in the two uh, so that he can get to... Uh, the meat of it, and, and kind of addressing their uh, status, their posture, their situation, their circumstances. So I'll start at verse 5 and stop talking. Um, through him, grace, being the Messiah, uh, grace cascaded into us, empowering us with the gift of apostleship, so that we can win people from every nation into the obedience that comes from faith to bring honor to his name. Here comes the two. And you are among the chosen ones who are called to belong to Jesus, the anointed one. And then the address of the circumstance. I give you thanks, or I give thanks to God for all of you, because the testimony of your faith is spreading throughout the world. I love it. Paul's like, so I hear good things. <laughs> you know, and that's that's how he opens it up. Yeah, yeah. I love this. Um, the first thing is I was I was actually, uh, and I don't remember if we talked about this in the recording or not, but I was listening to you, Virgin, um, on my way here, and it's just so interesting to me, like, how often I'll skim something, because I think I've read it before, mm -hmm. and I'm like, right, right, from Paul to, okay, God, what are you trying to say? But yet, there's so much identity and anchoring that happens mm -hmm. in the from and the to, where he talks about, um, in verse 6, you are included you are included. Like, I just, like, I hit that verse and I was like, whoa, maybe I need to pause there. How often do I forget that I'm included? Mm -hmm. That, I like, I belong to something. I'm a part of something. I have a place. Like, God has, God has called me to belong some, to something. Mm -hmm. And, like, for, I mean, I'm sure we've all at some point felt this way. I mean, we like to think we don't feel this way as adults, but, like, all of us do. I've been in those situations where I feel like I don't belong, where I feel excluded. And the very first thing that he says there is like, you're included. Mm -hmm. like, you're included in this thing that's bigger than anything that you're facing. Like, you're included in something more. Yeah. And I love that. I love that he, like, he starts off with the first thing that Satan does to attack us, right? He, yeah. he isolates us. Mm -hmm. The very first thing he wants us to do is feel like we're a limb removed from the trunk. Right. He wants us to feel like we've lost our membership card, that we're disqualified or whatever. Uh, our, our, the consequence of our sin would ultimately be removal from this promise mm -hmm. that God said there's 
like no man can separate, right? Because right? this is what God put together. So it's a very cool thing that he starts off with that affirmation mm -hmm. to them. It's like you're among the chosen ones yeah. still. Yeah. Even though yeah, things no are what. a little rocky, yeah. right? Things are maybe a little rough right now. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, you're still a part of this jam. Like you're still in the band. Yeah. yeah. We don't, oh. No, go ahead. This I is would great. say in further... Um, in verse 7, he says, I'm writing to all of those who are beloved of God. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, beloved. What does yeah. that like really mean? So I Googled it, and it says beloved means dearly loved. And there were 29 results of the word beloved in Bible Gateway. I'll give you a guess as to which book of the Bible used it the most. First uh, John. Nope. John. Romans. Nope. Old Testament. Oh, <gasps> Old Testament. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm so interested. Song of Solomon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, I am my beloved, and he is mine. Yeah, that's that's so good. Thing. Yeah. And so I just was, I, I loved that, um, the little reminder, it's like, okay, you are included into this thing, but you also are like loved in yes, this thing yes, by yes. God. And so that just really stuck out to the me. The two biggest fears of people that we won't be accepted and we won't be loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. What I think, uh, what I read when I see all this is that, you know, he's going to a people that culturally were drastically different than the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And so it, it wasn't the man on the street corner uh, just calling out all of their faults and why they need Jesus because of how broken they are. Mm -hmm. Instead, he's like, this is who I am. But also, you are included in all the things that I got to experience as well. It's going to be great. We're in this together. Let's mm -hmm. go. Yeah. And so he's just, like you said, he's being very inclusive. Mm -hmm. And it, it's very key with his language and, and our language as well as we're mm -hmm. reaching people that, again, Christians, people who aren't Christians are going to act not like Christians. Mm -hmm. And so going at them from the approach of you're a part of this too. You just got to know it. Mm -hmm. And just reminding them that they don't have to feel like they're on the outside. They're like, all right. they have to do is accept. And it was so, going to be so easy to feel that way because up until like Jesus started turning the tables figuratively and literally, um, he like this knowledge of Yahweh, of God, of the one and only God was was only with the Jews, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And and I think that we we don't like to think about that sometimes because we're like, no, like God includes everything. Yes, He does because of Jesus. Yeah. And so what this was a revolutionary statement that Paul comes in is like, you're included, mm -hmm. like for real. Yeah, like there's not a this this group of people is the only group of people that knows God anymore. It's like God wants all of yeah. you, and He has the whole time. But like now, now it's like. Because of Jesus, it's accessible. It's it's real. Like you mm -hmm. can grab onto it right now. Oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I so I'm reading this commentary, and they have some quotes in there from um, Spurgeon, and kind of like leading into what you're saying. Charles. Yes. <laughs> so the next part of verse seven says, um, "God's beloved in Rome, called to be saints." Mm -hmm. And so it has this note from um, Spurgeon that says. You notice the words to be are put in by the translators, but they, though they are supplied, they are not necessary to the sense. These believers in Rome were called saints. They were not called because they were saints, but they were called saints through that calling. Mm -hmm. And oh, so I just thought that was interesting good. that it, it pulled out those words that were like, we put them in to kind of help us understand. Right. But it makes more sense to say we are called saints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that just really stuck out to me. So. so my head's spinning about a couple things both of you guys have said, yeah. <laughs> and I love it. And I, I've got to, I got to tackle both these things. Too. 
First, he talked about how like the inclusion of the Gentiles into the promise of the Jews. And Paul literally addresses this specifically later in this yeah. first chapter, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Where he goes first to the Jews and then almost sarcastically saying first to the Jews. And then also the Gentiles because it's all the same to God. Yeah. Like that's, that's what he hits us with. But then you, you hit us with that beloved line mm -hmm. and how it pulls back from the Old Testament, specifically in the Song of Solomon, right? I think a lot of Christians look at Song of Solomon as like the Bible's trashy romance novel, mm -hmm. right? But, but like, we, we, I mean, I, I mean I'm, you know what yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because it does, it, it covers a lot of explicit yes. marital, right? Yeah. But for sure, explicit sexual activity yeah. that takes place in this book. And I think that like we look at it from this perspective, but we don't realize that it was it was written kind of like a stage play with three characters. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got the bride, the groom, and basically the the maids of honor and you know the the bride's friends, you mm -hmm. know, and that's kind of the other group. Well, depending on who you ask and who you talk to and what commentaries you read, there's a fourth player in this conversation, which is God. And there's a moment where I can't remember if it's the groom that's speaking or if it's the bride's friends that's speaking. But it's actually, you know, understood as being God saying, like, look, this love that you lavish upon one another, I love upon, I lavish upon all of you. Mm -hmm. You know, that it's it's kind of God's perspective. Mm -hmm. And to think that this is, right, Saul of Tarsus, mm -hmm. having become Paul, that was Saul's jam, the Old Testament, yeah. right? He, yeah. was, he was a religious, um, almost like a terrorist to the Christian yeah. church, but his religion of choice was this, this, extremism Judaism mm -hmm. kind of stance that he did it from so he would have known the Song of Solomon right. intimately mm -hmm. so when he uses this statement beloved he's yeah. evoking the language that he understood mm -hmm. from back in his depths of studies because yeah. he rose through the ranks faster than anyone mm -hmm. younger than anyone this would have been an intentional callback yeah. to that piece saying look this beloved line is not just something that the bride and the groom share. Yeah. This is something that the Lord lavishes upon his people. Mm -hmm. I depart that to you. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah, I love that. I love the intimacy <clears throat> of God. And I love, um, you know, yours says uh, called saints. And the way that um, the NLT kind of rewords that is holy people. Mm -hmm. Holy people. And holy was only ever attributed to God. Right. God is holy. Yeah. He is the only one who is holy. And you had to do a whole lot of stuff to even get close to being clean enough to enter into the holy of holies, mm -hmm. like to get near the presence of God. And because of what Jesus did, he, in a sense, transferred his holiness to us mm -hmm. of saying like, hey, you're called saints, you're called God's holy people now. This should blow our minds. Mm -hmm. that, that the same attributes that are attributed to Jesus of being holy, which means set apart, consecrated, other, different, unique, something that should inspire awe and he he calls us that like mm -hmm. when you come to jesus you become holy people you become saints not because you deserved it or earned it or you know made it through but got clean enough yeah. mm -hmm. because jesus imparts his own goodness to you and that's the only way you become good enough and i just you know it's like i skim introductions that's what i do i'm kind of a i, I skim them when i read a book mm -hmm. when i'm like Watching stuff, you know, when they say, please read the terms and conditions and check mm -hmm. this one. Like, I skim stuff, okay? Just saying. No I skim stuff. I just hit accept. Can you roll with it? Yeah. See, this worries, this worries me now because this used to be just with software that we downloaded. Now, anytime you go to a website, it's like, hey, do you accept all of our terms and conditions, <laughs> yeah. including cookies? Yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are the terms and conditions? Now we're curious. Right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, at the same time, I'm looking at this, I'm like, my identity is in these first, like, 
I can I can anger myself in the gospel in just the first seven verses mm-hmm. of Romans. Yeah, like, something that helped me was writing out each individual verse. Oh, that's so good. And then putting like mm-hmm. my notes or commentary underneath. That's so so that way, yeah. like I'm forced mm-hmm. to study every single part of the like scripture by writing it out myself first. Mm-hmm. And then going back and studying it. So it's a good idea. Well, if anything, it's a really good way to commit it to memory. Mm-hmm. The more yeah. you, you're, yeah. you're saying it out loud, you're reading it to yourself, you're writing it out, the more you do it, the more it'll go to your heart. Mm-hmm. You can pull that back out when it comes into question right. or if you need to impart it on somebody else. That's right. solid. So the next thing it talks about is you kind of touched on that sanctification. Mm-hmm. You're called to be set apart. Um, and in the Amplified Bible, it says you're being set apart for a sanctified life. That is set apart for God and his purposes. And I felt like the Lord kind of told me, like, you're being set apart for a sanctified life, not for your own life. So Mm -hmm. I think what we often like to do is um, get saved and then be like, okay, God, follow me. Yeah. And that's not how it works. And because we're not being, a lot of times what we want to lead God with doesn't sanctify us or, like, bring us any closer to him. It's always just like, I'm going to bring you in the middle of this where you don't belong. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it just really like kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, you're being sanctified for me, for my life and for my purposes for you, not for you to pull me into whatever you have going on in the world. I saw a video on Instagram where um, Brooke Ledger, who's uh, one of the worship pastors at Hillsong, Mm -hmm. um, was talking in an interview. And she said someone had asked her, like, what would you say to someone um, who asked, like, like, how would you encourage someone who, like, to follow their dreams? And she said, um, don't follow your dreams, follow Jesus. Yeah. And it was just like, I just thought there was like, what? Like, it, but, yeah, mm-hmm. like, that's the whole point. She's like, you, you, you weren't created to follow your dreams. You were created to follow Jesus who, who gives you your dreams and your purposes mm-hmm. and, like, draws you into what you were made for. Like, if you just follow your dreams... Like what you just said, like God, follow me mm-hmm. here. You're gonna miss it. You're never mm-hmm. gonna actually fulfill. I think that's the trap that as people we fall into, especially uh, brand new Christians or just becoming Christians. We want, we don't really want to change. We mm-hmm. want things to be better, mm-hmm. but we don't want to change. We want someone to come into our life and to fix all the problems. And I think a lot of times uh, when we, you know, as Christians, we're, we're winning people over. Sometimes we get stuck on the how much better everything is, mm-hmm. knowing that. That's not necessarily a promise. We have the promise that we'll have the strength to, to uh, go through it. Right. He will help us through things, but we're going to face trials. I mean, it's also pretty clear that if Jesus faced persecution, right. wouldn't we also expect mm-hmm. the same thing? Mm-hmm. But when they get through it, they they uh, they accept Christ, they get baptized, all the things, and then they realize that nothing is changing. They're still wanting to live the same life that they had. They're not really getting into His Word. They're not trying to grow closer. The next thing you know. They, are, they become some of the people that are the most against the Bible because they just talk about how tough life was mm-hmm. and how they expected this big change to happen, but they never went out of their way to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. to actually sacrifice themselves, to put themselves to the side, yeah. not follow your own wants and desires, and actually pursue Him. Mm-hmm. When you do that, everything's taken care of. It may be different than what your the world side of you is saying you need to be. But that's where true peace lives. Mm-hmm. I think for me, this is kind of a, a culture versus kingdom conversation. Yeah. Like for us as believers, we are so inundated with the culture within which we live that it can be confusing. Mm-hmm. Like we have so many things 
parts of scripture that we try to commit to memory and that we try to, but like there's stuff that we hear that we sort of accept as just, oh, that's universally right, or that's universally moral, mm -hmm. or that's, you know, whatever. Follow your dreams, follow your heart, follow your, right? These make great bumper stickers and real poor <laughs> theology. Yeah. You know, like yeah. these these sound good, and they're mm -hmm. almost universally accepted and high-fived. Mm -hmm. You know, but, but when we understand that when we're kingdom-minded as opposed to culturally-minded, it is going to be a fundamental difference, mm -hmm. not like a convenient difference. It's not like we're just changing our jacket. Right. Or we're changing our shirt, we're changing our clothes, or we're changing our hairstyle even. Mm -hmm. Like, we are changing everything from the way we get up from the time we get up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's that level of change. So, when we hear stuff like, oh, follow your dreams. Well, my dreams need changing. Follow right. your heart. My heart for sure needs yeah. changing. That's and so that's great. a sanctification process. Yeah. It's yeah. not a moment. No. It's a yeah. process and it takes a lifetime. Well, that's discipleship. Exactly. That's where I was going with it. Discipleship. If we just baptize them, you're on your way. Well, they're not going to know. Look at Jesus. He had 12 people um, outside of some of the others that may have just been around him that he chose to follow him at all times to, you know, sleep in the same areas, to eat the same meals, to be a part of the same conversations. And he was showing them this is how you need to walk. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is how you have to carry the gospel. And it, but we have to remember that we're, we're to do the same thing. Right. I mean, as part of the Great Commission, we have to go and make disciples, not just uh, find them, baptize them, find the next person. Right. And I think something that I thought was interesting about uh, this commentary said that there is no like biblical proof that Paul started the church in Rome. Mm -hmm. But he was still writing to them. He was still discipling them right. and saying, like, hey, I see these, like with all of the churches, I see these things, here's how God wants them to be fixed. Mm -hmm. sure. And I think that oftentimes, like, we forget that we are the big C church. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't matter whether, I don't know, I just was like, first of all, I didn't know that until I read mm -hmm. the commentary. Like, there's no biblical, like, evidence that he started this church. Sure. So it has even more weight that mm -hmm. he's reaching out to them mm -hmm. um and so i don't know that yeah. just like well, he was invested me. in them okay so hang on i want to be careful how i say this he was in investing in them even though it wasn't his and mm -hmm. i think a lot of times we only invest in things we think we own or have control mm -hmm. over or have mm -hmm. like like the rights decision making rights in mm -hmm. but yet he was so invested in in helping and encouraging them what we're going to see if we if we read on i might just go ahead and read on just a little bit because it's going to help me um with what i'm talking about where he says um you know i thank god for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world by the way a faith that is not a sanctified radical change faith like what we just were talking about doesn't get talked about all over the world mm -hmm. so let's just keep that in mind um, God knows how often I pray for you mm -hmm. day and night I bring you and your needs to prayer in prayer to God whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity God willing to come at last mm -hmm. to see you like yeah. he's not mm -hmm. there but he's invested in them spiritually because he understands the global church he understands yeah. that we're all in this together in the mm -hmm. last chapter of Romans he calls out people by name he encourages people but in this it's like you see Paul's heart for like, I may not have started this, this may not be mine, mm -hmm. but it's all ours because yeah. it's all Christ and we're all one body. Yes. Um, and speaking of one body, one of the commentaries that I read was that Paul probably wrote the book of Romans when he was in Corinth. Mm. And when he was in Corinth with First and Second Corinthians was when he really harped on First Corinthians 12 through 14, 
the body of Christ and how mm -hmm. we all need each other yeah. so much. So, you know, the cool thing about candles is we light them during the day for smell and we light them during the night for sight. Um, like when, when we light a candle in the night, it's so that we can see, so that we can find what's going on. I think a big reason why the church in Rome was being talked about all over the world is because they were the light in the darkness, right? So Rome is a cultural hub at this point. Mm -hmm. We click a flashlight right. in the middle of the day, no one's going to see it. Right. But if you're in an open field and you click a flashlight, you're going to draw some attention, mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's kind of the example of what's happening here. And whether Paul planted this church in Rome or not, this is a church that would have been fighting a heavy influence yeah of conforming to the culture mm -hmm. of which there were many right. surrounding right. it. It's a harbor area, right? Lots of cultures coming in and out. Mm -hmm. Lots of like like Jewish temple laden with prostitutes, mm -hmm. like all this kind of crazy debaucherous activity mm -hmm. would have been all around them and even considered the norm or the expectation. Wow. Yeah. So they step up and they say, no, we're gonna do things God's way mm -hmm. and that's going to cause a buzz, yeah. right? I don't think, I think it was less in my mind anyway, and I could be totally off base with this. I think it was less like the temptation that like, oh, we're going to be the Christian rock stars now, mm -hmm. right? We're going to get the, the brand deal. We're going to get the, the TV show. We're going to get all the followers and subscriptions on mm -hmm. the podcast. Like it wasn't so much that idea as it was like, we are fighting this desire and pressure to conform. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. This is a cool thing. Which is so funny. Because everything we're talking, like I just, you guys, I love the Book of Romans, and you guys will too. Um, and we're we're so like diving so deep into it, and I love it. But it Romans has in chapter twelve the famous verse that do not be conformed, mm -hmm. right? There we go. But be yeah. transformed, which yeah. is exactly what we've been, we've been talking about. I love that. So as this, sorry. no, I was, I was just going to talk just real quick about his posture because um, to your point, he likely wasn't the person who started it. Yeah, not your posture. But I'm shaped like a question mark. It makes me think about <laughs> makes me think about how I'm standing. But it's a reminder who he was and where he came from and the stature that he had. Go writing to them, not even being a part of it, but still hearing the great works. It's a reminder to all of us through his posture that you don't have to be the lead pastor to be an encouragement and to That's disciple it. others. Right, yeah. It's not Boom. his sole job. Right. You know, Pastor T is great, but there's no way that he can, with every person in the church, have that face-to-face, one-on-one time. It's right. the rest of the body, and we're right. supposed to get out to the world and do the same thing. That. And that's what he's doing from afar. Mm -hmm. He's still encouraging them. Yeah, I love that so much. So as our, we've got about four minutes left, closing thought, I thought we could kind of touch on this, maybe just take it with us and go, but... Um, once again, Charles Spurgeon left a nice little note for us um, in verse 8 where he, Paul says, um, I thank my God Jesus Christ for you. Um, Spurgeon says, would churches fare better if we remembered them in prayer more often? So, yes. <laughs> I have a really solid response for this. Mm -hmm. There was our executive pastor recently departed executive pastor. He's still alive. He just went to a different church. Um, and, and we love him, and he exited faithfully and well, and we're just so proud of him. He's still involved in pouring into us. Um, one of the things that he shared with me was that there was a church, a local church, that reached out to us to let us know that they were lifting us up in prayer. They made a special mention of us in their service, mm -hmm. that they were praying for us and asked their whole congregation to pray for us. Mm -hmm. Like, super solid, right? There wasn't this sense of threat. There wasn't this set of 
uh, uh, competition. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's so important for churches to understand. And I've heard uh, Pastor Alex Seeley over mm -hmm. at um, at Co. Yes, thank you. And I had a really good conversation with uh, Josh Henry about this last night. So we, two weeks ago, we took our youth to Belonging Co. Last night, we took our young adults to Belonging Co. And like, Josh literally took the time after preaching the sermon on a Tuesday night to sit down and talk with me and we shared some stuff. Like, something that Belonging Co. is really good at is welcoming other ministries and pouring into them. Like, even though they're not their flock, they mm -hmm. still see the sheep in their backyard and they feed them. Yeah. And then they send them on their way because they're planting seeds even if you don't see the ROI, even mm -hmm. if you don't see the return on investment. You're not investing in necessarily the flock that you're responsible for, but you're investing in the kingdom, yeah. and the guy that owns the cattle of a thousand hills can make sure the ROI comes back, even if it's not directly from the source that you invest right. in. So I think if we are faithful, and just like we're doing, there's several people in our young adults ministries that are just sort of sheep that float from ministry to mm -hmm. ministry, we're not harping on these guys, right? We're loving on them. We're building them up. And doggone it, if God's not blessing our ministries as we do that. Yeah. Like, what a solid mm -hmm. approach mm -hmm. that yeah. completely destroys the enemy's availability to to sneak those little yeah. lies of competition yeah. and yeah. malice to the other ministries and kingdom workers in, yeah. in the local church. Competition and comparison will kill your calling. Yes. yes. And unity will always bring favor. Say it louder for the people in the back. Well, we made it through... Three verses <laughs> in our time together. We, hey, we're we're getting deep into Romans, yeah. and sometimes it takes really unpacking everything mm -hmm. verse by verse. Yeah, y'all living uh, and active. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, and we're real like again. We're this is just the introduction. Like, <laughs> we have so much more to cover. I'm so excited. We haven't even got to Romans one sixteen yet. Yeah, oh my I'm super excited, guys. Just wait. Here in 2028, we're preparing to come to First Corinthians. Yeah. And so, <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, so fun. All right. Who wants to pray us out? Mm, I'll pray. Go for it. Okay. Dear Lord, thank you for um, your word. Thank you that you just uh, constantly reveal it to us. God, I pray that as we continue to study that you would just open our eyes to what you want to teach us, um, what you want to teach the people listening or watching. And so we just thank you for all you've done. Um, we thank you for your unity and your power, and what you did on the cross, and your resurrection power. In your name I pray, amen. 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 Bye. Thank you for listening to Everyone Talking, a Freedom Church podcast. If you enjoy our content, we drop brand new episodes every Thursday, and you can follow us on almost any social media platform by looking for Freedom Church TN. That's Freedom Church TN, all one word. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time with Everyone Talking.